Welcome to Storytime with Kurt. In each episode, I'd like you to sit back, relax, and just chill out while I read Tom Swift and His Airship by Victor Appleton. Previously, in Chapter 10 of Tom Swift and His Airship, well, more conversation with Mr. Damon. Mr. Damon said he was going to go with them, and... Uh, Mr. Sharp needed some tools from town. Tom went and got them and ran into Andy and Sam. Chapter 11. The Red Cloud Departs. Well, Dad, I wish you were going with us, said Tom to his father the next morning. You don't know what you're going to miss. A fine trip of several hundred miles through the air, seeing strange sights and experiencing new sensations. Yeah, yes. I wish you would re reconsider your determination and accompany us, added Mr. Damon. I would enjoy your company. There's plenty of room. We can carry six pe people with ease, said Mr. Sharp. Mr. Swift shook his head and smiled. I have too much work to do here at home, he replied. Perhaps I may astonish you with something when you come back. I've nearly perfected my latest invention. There was no combating such a resolution as this, and Tom and the others considered the decision of the aged inventor as final. The airship was ready for the start, and everyone had arisen earlier than usual on this account. The bag of tools for which Tom had gone to town were put in their proper place, the last of the supplies were taken abroad, final tests were made of the various apparatus, the motor had been given a trial spin, disconnected from the propellers, and then the balloonist announced... Well, Tom and Mr. Damon, you'd better begin to think of starting. We've had breakfast here, but there's no telling where we'll eat dinner. Bless my soul, don't you talk that way, exclaimed Mr. Damon. You make me exceedingly nervous. Why shouldn't we know where we're going to eat dinner? Oh, uh, I meant that we couldn't tell over just what part of the United States we'd be when dinner time came, explained the aeronaut. Oh, that's different. Bless my pocket knife, but I thought you meant we might be dashed to pieces and incapable of eating any dinner. Hardly, exclaimed, uh, re remarked Mr. Sharp. I'm sorry. The, uh, the bless mys are just killing me right now. Hardly, remarked Mr. Sharp. The Red Cloud is not that kind of an airship, I hope. But get aboard if you please. Tom and Mr. Damon entered the car. It was resting on the ground on the small wheels used to start the airship when the gas inflation method was not used. In this case, however, it had been decided to rise in the air by means of the powerful vapor and not to use the wings and planes until another time. Consequently, the ship was swaying lightly and tugging at the restraining cables. As Tom and Mr. Damon entered the cabin, there drove into the swift yard a dilapidated wagon, drawn by a bony mule, and it did not need the addition of a man's voice calling, Whoa, Boomerang, to tell, that Tom, to tell Tom that his friend Eradicate Sampson was on hand. As for Eradicate, as soon as he saw the great airship, which he had never before beheld fully rigged, all ready for a flight, his eyes became big with wonder. Is that your flying machine, Mr. Swift? he asked. That's it, Red answered tom don't you want to come and take a ride with us me no indeedy and the whitewasher who had descended from his wagon edged away as if the airship might suddenly put out a pair of hands and grab him 
Nope, I certainly don't. I've come to do a little whitewashing, and when I do that, I'm going on my way. But that's a powerful, fine ship. Better come and try flight, Rad, added Mr. Damon. I'll look after you. No, sir, and I don't take kindly to your, your temptations either way, spoke Eradicate. But when he saw that craft was stationary, he ventured to approach closer. Gingerly, he put out one hand and touched the framework of the wheels, just forward of the cabin. He grasped the timber and lifted it slightly. To his astonishment, the whole front of the airship tilted up, for it was about ready to fly, and a child might have lifted it, so buoyant was it. But Eradicate didn't know this. Wonderingly, he looked at the great bulk of the ship looming ab above him. Then he glanced at his arm. Once more, noting that the attention of his friends was elsewhere, he lifted the craft. Then he cried, Look, look, Mr. Swift. No wonder they call me Samson. I've been lifting this monstrous airship with one hand. See, I can do it. Once more, he raised the red cloud slightly, and, and a delighted grin, not unmixed with a look of awe, spread over his honest countenance. I suppose you'll give up whitewashing and join a circus as a strong man now, observed Mr. Sharp with a wink at his companions. Uh, you never knew I was that strong, but I, of course I always knew I had some muscle. I must have grown really strong overnight. Now, Boomerang, you gotta look out for yourself. No more cutting up capers or I'll lift you up and set you back down. And he felt his biceps, walked over to where the mule stood with his eyes closed. I, I guess you can cast off now, Tom, called Mr. Sharp as he entered the car, having seen everything that was all right. We'll not go up very far at first until Mr. Damon gets used to the thin air. Bless my soul, I believe I'm getting nervous. Uh, I guess that is a, a repeat. Bless my soul. Announced the eccentric man. Bless my liver, but I hope nothing happens. Nothing'll happen, Mr. Sharp assured him. Just keep calm when it feels as if the bottom was dropping out of everything, and you'll soon get over it. Are you casting off those, off those ropes, Tom? Is all clear? All but the bow and stern lines. You attend to the bow line, and I'll go to the stern. And going over to the gas generator, Mr. Sharp started it as so as to force more vapor into the red aluminum container. This had the effect of rendering the airship more buoyant, and it tugged and strained harder than ever at the ropes. Goodbye, Tom, called Mr. Swift, reaching up to shake hands with his son. Drop me a line when you get a chance. Oh, Tom, do be careful, implored Mrs. Baggert, her kind face showing her anxiety. May I kiss you goodbye? Of course, answered the young inventor, though the motherly housekeeper had not done this since he was a little chap. She had to stand on a soapbox, which Eradicate brought in order to reach Tom's face, and when she had kissed him, she said, Oh, I'm so worried. I just know you'll be killed, risking your lives in that terrible airship. <laughs> Not a very cheerful way to take, madam, observed Mr. Damon. Don't hold that view, I beg of you. Bless my eyelashes, but you'll see us coming home covered with glory and stardust. I, I sure hope so, answered Mrs. Baggert laughing a little in spite of herself. The last ropes were cast off. Goodbyes were shouted as the airship shot into the air, and Mr. Sh Mr. Sharp started the motor to warm it up before the propellers were thrown into gear. 
The 20 cylinders began exploding with a terrific racket as the muffler was open, and Tom, looking down, saw a boomerang awaken with a jump. The mule was so frightened that he started off on a dead run, swinging the rickety old wagon along behind him. Eradicate Samson, who had been feeling his muscles since he discovered what he thought was his marvelous strength, saw what was happening. Whoa, boomerang, he shouted, and then as the tailboard of the wagon swung past him, he reached out and grabbed it. Perhaps he thought he could bring the runaway mule upstanding, but if he did, he was grievously disappointed. Boomerang pulled his master along the gravel walk and kept running in spite of Eradicate's command to, Whoa! It might have gone hard with him had not Garrett Jackson, the engineer running in front of Boomerang, caught the animal. Eradicate picked himself up and gazed sadly at his arms. The navigators of the air could not hear what he said, but what he thought was evident to them. Then, as Mr. Sharp deadened the explosions of the powerful motor, Tom, looking at a gauge, noted that their height was 700 feet. High enough, called Mr. Sharp, and it was time for Mr. Damon, in spite of his resolution, and it was time <laughs> for Mr. Damon, in spite of his resolution, was getting pale. The gas was shut off, the propellers thrown into gear, and with a rush, the red cloud shot toward the south, passing over the swift homestead and high above the heads of the crowd that had gathered to witness the start. The eventful voyage of the air had begun. End of chapter 11. Thank you for joining us on Storytime with Kurt. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, simply go to anchor.fm slash storytimewithkurt or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us if you like. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at VO by Kurt. If you have any suggestions for future podcasts, feel free to send an email to Kurt at StorytimeWithKurt.com. See you next time.